We are joined right now on the set. This is becoming something of a tradition. Two years in a row now. We are joined by Thomas Dimitrov and Eric Eager of Sumer Sports. Let me run this down quickly. Thomas spent 13 years as the GM of the Atlanta Falcons. He was a two-time NFL Executive of the Year. He won two Super Bowls while working for the Pats. Eric is the VP of Research and Development for Sumer. He's a former pro football-focused executive. He played his college ball at Minnesota State University. He received a Ph.D., in applied mathematics from Nebraska. Fellas, it's good to see you both. What's going on? Happy to be what are we, This is awesome. Out How in good the is rain this, right? in Vegas? Right? I love it. What a, what a, what a view here. It gets no better than this. We've got some heat. We've got the cover over us. Thomas, let me start for you or with you. For those who don't know, exactly what is Sumer Sports and how do analytics and data solutions that you help NFL teams with, how does it benefit them? Break it down for me. What does the company do? So it's a, it's a roster optimization tool at the, at the core. We're growing every day. We're, we're bringing in new opportunities. We're bringing in outrageously smart people like Eric that I can sit down with and talk about the next wave of, of the evolution of the NFL, right? Utilizing data. So subjective along with objective is huge. We can't just go to the owners anymore and say, I feel it in my gut. This is what we should do. The owners, like Arthur Blank and people like that, are saying, wait a minute. There's a lot more to this. There are a lot more, there's a lot more data to tap into to make sound, solid, academic decisions. It doesn't, mean, it doesn't mean black box. It means man and machine for us. And it's something, of course, Eric can talk a lot about. All right, so, Eric, as an example, that's a great start right there. But as an example, I want to get your thoughts on Dan Campbell's aggressive decision-making in the second half of the NFC Championship game because this is what we're talking about, right? Generally, do you think that his decision-making is based in analytics or is it more of just kind of a mindset of, man, I believe in my guys. Let's freaking go. Yes. <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, when you look that's, at it. Like, that's my joke, man. I use that all the time. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we measured it at Sumer. We have a, a model where we measured that Dan Campbell added a win to the Detroit Lions, right? And you think about a franchise that went 32 years without a playoff win. You bring a guy in. He's picking top 10 a few years in a row. How can you get all the way to the NFC Championship game? You have a team who's probably the best team in the NFL on the ropes. It's because you're taking four downs when the whole rest of the league is taking three. And, it, and additionally, like, when you have a guy who's a former NFL tight end, he's, you know, the big muscular guy, and he, he's looking at his team and saying, I'd rather have you get two yards than my kicker kick a 47-yard field goal. I think that you, you blend those two things. As Thomas said, you know, the sort of the brawn with the brain. And there are really smart people who are working for the Lions. It's not Dan Campbell punching a calculator on the sideline. It's him, you know, sort of watching the games, watching the flow, sort of understanding why they're going for it. And, and as Thomas said, like, the more smart people you can get in those buildings, they, they give it to the football people. And the football people are – people like me are not coaching, right? It's Dan Campbell can give up better message – and the math can obviously help him win better. So, Thomas, where do you come out on that? For instance, what he does, how he acts, the culture he built, that's why they are where they are. There's no getting around that. He's done an amazing job. But do you want to have that mindset in every single critical moment of every single critical game? No, not every. You want the combination. In today's world, you want to make sure that whoever's in that building, the GM, Brad Holmes, who's done a heck of a job, job. right? Love what he's doing along with a head coach. You have a partnership, and you know we're football at the core. We go toe-to-toe with anyone. You know he believes that. But now let's fold in the right, again, the right data and the right understanding of marrying the two 
to me, it's unstoppable. You have to do that in today's world, in today's NFL, for sure. All right, so, Thomas, what about the Falcons? You, of course, worked with Arthur Blank for a long time. You've won Super Bowls with Bill Belichick. I think most of us naively assumed that when Bill left the Patriots that he would conduct the interviews and people would not interview him. So when he ends up on Arthur Blank's yacht, you think, all right, that's a done deal. But then he gets off the boat, and then there's a second interview, and then he doesn't even get the job. Why do you think the Falcons went with Raheem Morris over Bill, and do you think it was the right choice? So interestingly enough, I know that, that, that Bill and Arthur hit it off very, very well. We know that, right? And there was a lot of time spent together. I know both men very well as far as working in, in situations. I think they would have worked very well together. I think in the end, there, there was something inside the organization. And you know, Bill, and all, all rights, Bill should have be the czar. He should come in and have full control. And I'm not one that wants general managers to be run over by head coaches. The reality is if there's someone you do that with, it's Bill Belichick, wherever you are with that, right? To me, one of the very best coaches to ever coach this league. To me, it is unbelievable that the league has not taken the opportunity that no head coach or, excuse me, no owner and no GM will ever have an opportunity to do in the future. You, this doesn't come around every... I mean, I know I'm being a little no, bit expanded. No, no, the GOAT came free. The came GOAT free. was a free agent. <laughs> he didn't just retire like he normally would. He had an opportunity. I, I laughed as you let in on that on the interview. Bill put a suit on and sat across from Terry Fontenot. No, no offense to Terry Fontenot. He, did he cut the sleeves off the suit? <laughs> he might have, but I mean, look, I, to do that, Arthur probably said, and I, I don't know... Hey, can you show this group respect? And he did. And there, and again, I think there is no one out there that in the next two or three years can his, will bring you closer to winning a Super Bowl than Bill Belichick. That's what I believe in general. I believe that for anyone. Not a, take a side or aside from the Falcons. There are other teams out there. The fact that he is unemployed right now or not coaching is unfathomable. Huh. Thomas Dimitrov joining us, Eric Eager as well. Eric, let me ask you this. You recently made a really interesting analogy, I thought, as it relates to Belichick and the NBA. You suggested that if Bill ends up in TV next year and somebody's struggling, they might bring in Bill the way Milwaukee brought in Doc Rivers. Given the autonomy that Bill is accustomed to, how plausible is that? Could you see that happening? I think I think that that would be the perfect case, right? Like in the offseason right now, it's a weird thing. I, I know Thomas and I disagree on this a little bit, but the kind of team that would be barren enough where Belichick would go would probably not be good enough for him to want to win the you know win enough games to catch Don Shula. And a team like the Falcons, who's good enough for him to win games with, probably has holdovers that might be resistant to the power he wants. A team like you know I'm not going to name names, but you know a team that maybe why not you know Philadelphia, <laughs> Dallas, Jacksonville teams Thank like you. that <laughs> who are maybe struggling you know four weeks into the season with with talent. Right, that they might be desperate enough to give Bill Belichick what he wants, and I think he's probably smart to to you know lean into the Falcons here, not necessarily get the job and back off a little bit and wait for desperation because desperation, of course, uh, I think will you know play to his favor next September or October. You know, I wonder. It seems kind of unfathomable to use your word that he doesn't have a gig right now. I wonder how many people want to bring him in just to pick his brain, just to talk to him. Like, I've got Bill in the building. I'm going to talk to this guy for five or six hours. I mean, that's a goldmine in and of itself, but it doesn't mean they want to hire him. He is a situational mastermind. You, you can see a lot of good coaches around the league who just don't have the grasp of in, you know, preparing during the week, on game day, during the, the halftime. Look, we want to lead into to 16, 17 Super Bowl. Right. And halftime, he goes in against us, comes back out, ends up kicking our butts, right? 
he is special that way, and you're exactly right. To be able to tap in is unbelievable. Thomas, is Dan Quinn one of those guys? And how do you think he'll do getting his second opportunity? I'm sure analytically you guys can break this down. I've seen a lot of coaches get a second chance, and it has not gone well at all. He's getting another chance. Do you think he will do well with the commanders? How do you like that fit? I like the fit. I think he goes in there with Adam Peters, the first-time general manager, usually first-time general managers, don't back to want a power guy in there. They've been working all their life to have the, the number one seat. Dan comes in as an experienced guy who is really good at collaboration. He's a great partner as a GM head coach. In the league, he is that guy. He loves personnel. He'll sit side-by-side side with Adam Peters and they'll work to create the best situation there. I think it's a no-brainer there. Quite honestly, I'm happy that, that Detroit ended up the way it did and Ben Johnson goes back because I think this is better for Adam Peters. I think they can grow together, and I'm excited for Dan to get another op. So, Eric, what about Mike Vrabel? I'm a big Mike Vrabel guy, but I'm just a talking head. Like, I, I'm not playing for him. I'm not working with him. I love the guy. Why do you think he got shut out in this cycle? Yeah, I mean, he was a guy in 2021. They got the one seed in the AFC playing the most players from a roster standpoint in NFL history with COVID and injuries and everything. He's been able to, you know, get more out of a roster than anybody. I think when you look at how it went down with John Robinson in 2022, he gets Rand Carthon in the building. Reports are they didn't get along. I think when you don't get along with two consecutive general managers, I think that ends up being, I think, a red flag when you look at so many young executives in the league trying to pair with a, a powerful head coach. It's a red flag for many, and it, it goes back to the Belichick thing, too, where you're trying to build a young executive's career. There's always going to be a little bit in the owner's ear from that person, hey, I don't necessarily want to bring that guy in because it's going to kind of take away from my worldview and, right. and its power, and I think that that's where, where Rabel ran into some issues. Hmm. Thomas, what about the Super Bowl itself? Let's shift to that. You know Kyle Shanahan as well as anybody from your time with him in Atlanta. There's no question. He's got a unique ability to scheme and play call. He's a genius football mind. But do you feel like he needs to win this one to validate that stamp as, like, the brightest offensive mind in the game? How yeah. badly does Kyle need this? 100%. I, look, he does a great job, similar to Bill. They know how to use their personnel. They know their schemes better than anyone. They are genius like both. I only uh, parallel the both. But, but Kyle needs to win this game. We were there. We knew, we knew how important it was back in 16 when we lost. Went run, 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 kick the damn ball. That aside, he is one of the guys, Jim, I, I had said this. If I were ever to be brought back into the NFL – he would be a guy that I would knock on the door to see if I could trade for him as a coach. I believe that much in him as a football coach, but he needs to win this game. Do you think he will? Um, I hope so. <laughs> Is that the right thing to say? I'm sorry, that's bad. <laughs> it's something. It's something. <laughs> Not a lot. You hope so. Yeah. You hope so, but you don't think so? No. Or I, you okay. hope so, and I feel pretty good about it? I, no, I think he will. I think this will be his time. I'm going to settle for your first answer, I think. I hope so. <laughs> Eric, what do you think? Like, What are some of the matchups that you're really looking forward to in this game? I, I mean, when you look at it, I think the Chiefs have to stack the box, and they have to trust those cornerbacks, right? When you look at Brett Veach, the last three drafts have drafted eight starters on that defense, six in 2022. That's all the way back to the Tyree Kill trade. You look at their offense struggling so much, it's because they traded Tyree Kill. They put players in that secondary, three of those corners, Trent McDuffie and All-Pro, and then two kind of depth guys back there. You know, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, they're going to have to trust those corners because they have to play tighter boxes against Christian McCaffrey. The run defense has been bottom half of the league all year. The series success all has been in the bottom half. They've been great covering. The Baltimore Ravens let them off the hook in the AFC Championship game. Six running back runs. The 49ers are not going to do that. They're going to run the football with McCaffrey, and the, the 
Chiefs have to stop that. They have to, you know, trust their corners on the outside against great receivers. That's the that's the biggest matchup in the game. Thomas, what do you make of that? that? That's such a key point to me. They ran it six times. The Ravens got away from doing what they do best, running the football. Did they panic, or do you think that was their game plan? What happened to them that day? I'm surprised because I thought they were going to just run, 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 and they obviously didn't. I Sometimes you get caught up in that, right? In the moment, your head coach, and you're up there as a GM, you're like, Wait a minute, I thought that's what we planned on. Can I not get on the phone and, and call down? You can't, of course, but I just feel like they got away from it because that's a hell of a program there in my mind. All right, so let me ask you this. Your team at Sumer has put together a free big game breakdown with stats and winning edges. Where can people who want that kind of data, unique, detailed analysis, where can they get it? Sumersports.com. You can get our free uh, big game breakdown here. 41 pages, prop bets, breakdowns, you know, analysis, everything you want to break down the big game uh, on Sunday. All right, Eric, how do you see that game going? Ultimately, what do you think it comes down to, and how do you see that game going? To me, it, it comes down to Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan's a brilliant head coach, 10 out of 10 when it comes to play design. Andy Reid's gotten a lot better. He's gotten over the hump, winning Super Bowls, clock management, fourth down decisions. That's where Kyle Shanahan has always kind of been an issue. If he can get over that and make the you know make the key decisions at end of games, they can win this football game against the Chiefs. I don't know, Thomas. Like, where do you come out on this? It's I've been betting against Patrick Mahomes and points, thinking that I'm so <laughs> smart, and I keep getting worked. I mean, how many times can you go against this guy? How much of it comes down to just the fact that it's Patrick Mahomes? Full stop. Period. It's Patrick Mahomes, unbelievably versatile. You just never know on every side of the uh, every side of any play that he's going to come to the table. I mean. How do you bet against him? It's pretty darn tough. All right, but but they're not what they used to be. How impressed are you with the way they kind of reinvented themselves on the fly? I am because middle of the season, I was as mad as everyone about Taylor Swift. Not about Taylor Swift herself, but just about the distractions. I'm thinking, wow, guys, you guys have so much special elements here. Where are you going with this? Is this taking you into to another spot? All the commercials, every time I turned around... I see, you know, whatever. I see the, all this stuff going on. I'm thinking, that's not how I was raised in the Patriot paradigm, right? You stay focused. This is a di- different world in the NFL. The fact that they were able to come back after all that, to me, is really impressive. Well, what about that paradigm? Does that, you know, not to be obnoxious, but yeah. does that paradigm no longer work? I mean, the guy behind the paradigm is out of work right now. It's, no, it's a good point. It, maybe it doesn't. In today's world, you've got to move fast. You know, that's what people are expecting. You have to be able to be malleable, I guess, and function. Who knows? Who knows if it's working but anymore? They, they've gotten back to the, par- the Patriot way, though. In the regular season, among playoff teams, they were the worst in penalty differential, worst in turnover differential. Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs has not even thrown an interceptable ball. They haven't even thrown a ball in harm's way, and they haven't had a penalty in the first quarter of any of their playoff games so far this year. So they've gotten better at just eliminating mistakes and allowing their defense to, to carry them uh, in ways that they haven't in the previous two Super Bowl seasons. I mean, Eric, what do the analytics say about throwing the switch? I thought common sense told you you can't throw the switch, but they're a very different team now than they were well, during the regular season. We talked about the NBA earlier. This is the LeBron Cavs, right, where you look at all the analytics and all the, the sports books would get the – the Cavs wrong in the playoffs because the regular season numbers, they win 50 games, 48 games, you know, 56 games in the playoffs. They, you know, LeBron would turn on a different switch. Maybe that's who Patrick Mahomes is. Maybe so. Thomas Dimitrov and Eric Eager, like I said, it is becoming something of a tradition. I appreciate both you guys braving the elements, coming by. Great to see you both. Thanks so much. Thanks, Robert. Good to see you, brother. My man. Appreciate you. you both. Thanks, Eric.